0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the biggest BYU football win in four
1: years of independence. What's your pick? Plus, ESPN Big 12 blogger Jake Trotter joins the show. Why he says Big 12 expansion is inevitable. Some new swag for
0: Lavelle Edwards Stadium, by the way, and the next edition of Elite or Not.
1: Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU
0: Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa. BYU Sports Station live on a Wednesday in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, July 1st. That's right, we're into July and that much closer to actual football. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with legend, champion, hero, and victor, Michael Elisa.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Happy to be here.
0: Did you see the new signage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? No. Okay, some huge new banners that have been replaced, and they have the words, legends, champions, victors, and heroes. Not in that order specifically, but all four of those words on <laughs> Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Wow. I feel like the picture of Austin Collie and Andrew oh, George that's and awesome. Max, they've been up there forever. So yeah. they got some new signage. Great job by Dave Broberg, the uh, head of BYU uh, athletic marketing in that area to get that done. So LES looking very sharp in the Provo
1: Utah area. I, you know, it's always been my dream to, to be up on there. It's always
0: been, it's always always been your dream. dream.
1: But okay, really quick, really quick though, I have something for you, Spencer. Wait, what? This is from oh. <laughs> this is from Mama Elisa, all the way from the beautiful island of Oahu in Hawaii. Wow, she came through. I, yeah. If some
0: of you may remember, I made a plea to uh, get some Hawaii swag from the Elisa family, and she asked what size shirt I wear. I said medium, and sure enough, it's a medium. Look Mm -hmm. at that. Lovely aloha shirt.
1: What do you call that? Welcome to the islands.
0: Ocean blue with uh, some
1: off-white palm trees. With the outrigger canoe. (laughs) Ready to to set your sail and, and paddle out to your journey. There you go.
0: All right, I'm good. You want to hold the, the show? symbolism I'm there? Good. I'm done.
1: <laughs> all right, see ya. I got this.
0: <laughs> Thank you to the Elisa family, to your mom. When
1: she's, you, she's the greatest. Yeah, she's mahalo awesome.
0: to the Elisa family. Hey. Again, how in the world does a, a family with so much Hawaiian swag end up in Michigan, of all places? Long
1: story. It's my mom's side of the family. But. How,
0: how is that your mom is like, wh- where does the Michigan tie come in?
1: Is her great great grandfather built a cottage up there on a the lake? Yeah, and it's just a it state in the family. Little old wooden cottage, nice and cute. Hawaii greater than
0: Michigan or Michigan greater than Hawaii?
1: It, it, it's the pine tree versus the coconut tree. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's a tough it's a tough battle. Wherever I'm at, I always feel like that place is greater.
0: Michael Elisa, legend champion, victor, and hero on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation today. Hardly. Here are Hardly. your BYUSN headlines. Midnight Eastern, July 1st, marked the beginning of NBA free agency. Jimmer for An unrestricted free agent, currently in New Orleans, but not expecting to be back for sure. Fredette told BYU Sports Nation two weeks ago that his agent has spoken with and is probably discussing things still with multiple teams. So Jimmer, you know, I'd like to see his NBA run not come to an end. I feel like because he's the Jimmer and he has the Tebow factor, he's going to get on a
1: roster. Yeah, Someone's going to bite. And and everyone still knows that he has the Jimmer range. He can still drain them. Just, I just want him to go where he can play
0: 10 minutes a game. Just 10 minutes a game. Just get a few shots. Let, let him fire up four or five three-pointers. Yes, great. Um, BYU Volleyball. Ben Pass. you hear about what he's doing? No, what's up? Okay, Named to the USA Volleyball Pan Am Games roster. Pool play begins July 17th against Puerto Rico. He's coming back off of his mission. He's going to that make BYU men's volleyball. He's so good. He's going to make them elite. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's another sandman. Sean Olmstead licking his chops right now, looking at his roster as he takes on the volleyball program in his first year. Wccsports.com reporting that BYU women's volleyball will have two games televised on ESPNU this season. The LMU match on September 29th. The ladies will play at Pacific, also on ESPNU, on October 8th with my Hawaiian shirt in hand. Mm -hmm. And with much love in my heart for the Elisa family. (laughs) I implore you, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The best of independence.
1: Texas defense needs to stop. Here's when he's at his best, and he does it again. Taysom Hill. They don't have an answer for him.
0: Joe Tessitore of ESPN on the call. BYU against Texas in 2013. He is so good. He's such a good broadcaster. I I love listening to those highlights. And we just gave you a visual of the new look, signage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And LES has hosted some epic wins in four years of independence for BYU football, notably that Texas win in 2013. But is it home to the biggest win for BYU football and independence? Or did it happen on the road? Get your opinions ready, people. Here is today's Twitter question. What is the
1: biggest win for BYU in the independence era? First tweet McCord Meekum, Skyhawk94, at BYU Sports Nation. I can't decide between the first or second blowout versus Texas. Well, that's the question. You have to pick one. You and pick one. why?
0: What's bigger if it is Texas? We've seen several responses that have nothing to do with Texas, including Ole Miss, Texas, Utah State, Georgia Tech, all for different reasons and for good reasons. What is the greatest win for BYU football in 52 games as an independent? They've won 34 of them, so you probably have 34 options. I'm banking that most of you will not pick a loss as the greatest win (laughs) in independence. Michael, what you got? What's your reaction?
1: Listen, Skyhawk, whoever you are, you were warm. But let me just take you one step farther and narrow it down. Texas 2013 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Longhorns were ranked 15th in the nation, BOU comes off a rough loss. Remember that loss against Virginia? How could I? forget We had the it? big storm. And I mean, we were supposed to win that game. Anyway, we needed a rebound.
0: In Texas the worst comes way. in.
1: Ironically enough, another storm. Earth shattering performance. 40 to 21. Win with authority against a great Texas squad. BU record 550 yards rushing. 500 most, most 50 that Texas yards. has ever given up. And it was a new record for BOU, obviously. That's just dumb. Now, and one of my favorite things is Taysom Hill, it was his coming out party. That was the first time everyone in the nation was like, who is this? Remember, they call him like Tyson? Taysom Tyson? Tyson Hill? No one knew his name yet. Longest run ever by BYU QB, 68 yards. 259 rushing yards total. Second most by any QB in the past 10 years. And, okay. and, and by, by the way, he's 13 away from the record of all time for QB rushing yards. Greatest players make great plays. Great players make great plays, and those make th- those make great programs. Oh, here we go.
0: Here we go, Michael Alisa. <laughs> we're showing a picture right now
1: Uh Michael Alisa
0: raising his helmet after that 2013 See, Texas win. You had a mustache, dude. I was rocking the mustache. What must- were you thinking?
1: What were you thinking? It was a, it was a phase I went through. <laughs> I was young and dumb, but I, I loved it. That, I think I knew at that moment, we all knew that that was something special. And then looking back at that, it's confirmed that that is the greatest win in Independence. Okay, here, here's and the b- other part. But b- b- let me. Mad- oh, Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, here's the other part. What happened to Texas after that game? Yeah, so listen, the day after, we're here in Little Provo, and we find out their defensive coordinator just got fired <laughs> a little while down I the should road. That's terrible. The man, the legend, the Lavelle Edwards of Texas football people, Mac Brown, gets fired. Why? Because BYU dominated them in our own stadium. That, it, uh, like you, you can't, you can't beat a scenario like that.
0: That was kind of you know that that was the the last staple that was removed. I think was that BYU game because they they finished the season like you know in a reasonable fashion, and they dealt with a ton of injuries and and whatnot. It was it, but that that game for Texas was kind of like, huh.
1: Yeah, what? what is
0: wrong with the Texas Longhorn football program? And yeah, so for BYU to do that to get a defensive coordinator fired and then kind of put Mac Brown on his essentially get him going on his way out, I'm dude, it's close, it's close. I'm right there with you. Like that win was unbelievable, unreal. It, but I'm going to say Texas in 2014 has an edge. Okay, and here's why. Let me take you inside the Texas locker room. Before the game in 2014, a game that you performed very well in with the BYU Sports Nation. Thank karma you. interception, four. You know swimble. what? Maybe,
1: maybe that was the greatest game. Big I don't tackle. Know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Longhorns had a year to stew on that 40-21 beatdown in Provo. Surely it was not going to happen on their home field. Texas coaches were using BYU as an acronym. Do you remember this? Standing for yep. Believe You're Unbeatable. They had <laughs> yeah. the countdown clock to the BYU That's game. That's right. They were ranked 25th. We were circled on their calendar. They were, and they were ranked 25th. Yeah. A lot of people were like, oh, this is a terrible. Look, they were ranked this in 2014, just like they were in 2013. Okay? BYU goes into Austin, a road game where the entire Texas fan base has revenge on the mind. They're up 34 to nothing at one point, win the game 41 to 7. Now, here's the difference from a national standpoint between the two games. After 2013, everybody was asking, what's wrong with Texas? It was all about Texas. But in 2014, it had nothing to do with the Longhorns. It was all about, whoa, look at BYU. Okay, They're okay. the national darlings I'm seeing of what you're non-P5 teams. Taysom Hill launched himself into the Heisman race with that game. The Taysom Leap. He was interviewed by Jim Rome, ESPN, Dan Patrick. I mean, he was all over the map on the national radar after this Texas win. So, again, the 2013 win, for so many reasons, was amazing. But from a national perspective, in terms of what it did for BYU's program, with the nation looking at them, I feel like 2014 was the biggest, most influential
1: win in four years of independence. And, and I, I see what you're saying because from, you're saying 2014 proved that 2013 was not a fluke. Am I right? Absolutely. So, so you're kind of stealing 2013 away from me. But, but I, 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 do, I do see I, I like that. I like that. I don't want to agree with you. So <laughs> <Still>
0: 2013. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean – and, and I've seen, someone just tweeted and said, well, 2014 wouldn't, wouldn't be what it is if it weren't for 2013. You needed the setup there we go. to have the sequel. The yin and the yang. Okay, we're just, just the comparing them gang, side yeah. by side. What, what's the biggest game? And everyone will have their different reasons. There's no wrong answer to this question. It all depends on how you viewed it,
1: the emotional impact it had on you, perhaps your family, yep. your neighbors. Part of me thought it was the Ole Miss game, 20, 2011. Our first game as an independent team, we're going to the SEC at their house. First game of the season, so emotions are high, energy's high, and we beat them. Close win. Kyle Van Noy, I, I thought that was that was amazing. Okay, the
0: argument against that game is well, Ole Miss finished two and ten that year.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: But then people will say, I don't care. Road game against an SEC opponent, the way they won, Kyle Van Noy, the hero of that game, and it put it was on ESPN. So BYU mm-hmm. was like, Oh, here they are. They're new to independence. What can they do? And you beat an SEC team on the road.
1: Mm-hmm. And and maybe maybe when you look at the greatest game, you have to look at it in the moment at at that time. So. You know, from right after the game, not from right now, not knowing that Ole Miss had a bad season, but just knowing that right at that moment, people knew that BYU could go to SEC and beat their opponent.
0: Maybe that's the most underrated win in BYU football. Independence is win number one as an indie at Ole Miss. You know, I, the win that I look at that I think gets overlooked by everybody because it's well, it's Utah State was 2012. Utah State at BYU in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It was a 6-3 to game. Taysom Hill made his second start. He was a freshman quarterback. Of course, we remember that at the end of that game, Taysom goes out with a season-ending injury, which is very unfortunate. But BYU beat a team that finished 11-2. They were ranked 16th in the country. They were the WAC champions. The only other loss Utah State had that year was by two points at Wisconsin, and they missed a field goal to win that game. Gary Anderson went to Wisconsin after that year. It was his banner year in Logan, Utah. BYU beat that team. Yeah, but,
1: but I'd have to disagree with you there because it's it's Utah State. And I'm nothing against Utah State. They're a good team. They beat us last year. But they don't have that national respect that a Texas might have or, or an old Miss. team. I'm not might. saying
0: it's the best. I'm just saying it's underrated. Oh, I, think, okay. I think people overlooked that because because you like you said, yeah. it's Utah State. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah I I don't I don't give them the respect they deserve, but but, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but I mean, are you you're just angry about last year, aren't you? I am definitely <laughs> bitter about last year's loss to Utah State, but but, uh, but that being said, I, I think that it needs to be a nationally known team that, that you win to make any revel, relevance in uh, relevance in uh, independence wins. So
0: now the one common thread that we've been discussing whether you like the Texas win in 2013 or the Texas win in 2014, perhaps you like. Uh, another independent win, but the one common thread between you and I is the fact that Taysom Hill dominated, dominated the Longhorns in both games, and that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day: one ninety-seven. Taysom Hill averaged one hundred ninety-seven rushing yards against Texas in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. Wow! Not passing yards, <laughs>
1: rushing yards. As the quarterback, what does that Because yesterday we talked about him not running so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, the thing is, honestly, going forward, if Taysom Hill ran for like 70 to 80 yards a game and threw the ball 35 to 40 times, I, Two I'm, thumbs all, up. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Just find a way to be effective and stay healthy. And that starts with what happens on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 66 days. The Conversation Alive 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUS and Tell us what you think is the biggest win for BYU in the Independence era. Up next, we're going back to the Big 12. You ready, Michael? I'm ready. Why does the Big 12 have to expand? ESPN.com Big 12 blogger Jake Trotter joins us next. He says it's inevitable. Why? Not a question of if, but when. Okay, so when. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can always join us using the hashtag BYUSN. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest win for BYU in its independence era? Four years, 34 victories in 52 games. What belongs as number one on that list, we just discussed our answers. If you missed any of it, download the podcast on iTunes. You can also watch uh, those segments and uh, interviews that we have coming up as well on our BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. So it is all access on demand. If you miss anything, it is at your fingertips for sure. The Twitter question today again, I just mentioned it what's the biggest win for BYU as an indie? At our green high answers this the Boise State win was big at home in 2013, first and only win against Boise State. But let's go with Nebraska. Wait, wait a second. Hashtag future. Okay, so a projection. Would, would that be the biggest win in Independence, though, at Nebraska?
1: It, it would have to be with dominance, but, but even, even so, I still think it's Texas 2013.
0: Yeah, hard to argue against either of those Texas wins. Joining BYU Sports Nation today, our first guest is Jake Trotter, an ESPN staff writer. Writes for the Big 12 blog on ESPN.com. Jake, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
2: Good to be here. It's hard to remember some of those. There's been so many BYU wins over Texas lately. I can't even <laughs> separate them in my mind.
0: Yeah, and the way that they did them, I just, I mean, ridiculous stuff. Okay, you, well, you've, you've been right in the heart of uh, the Big 12 in Texas and going through those demoralizing losses to BYU for the Longhorns. You, brought, you stoked up the fire within the BYU Sports Nation fan base yesterday with an article you wrote about the Big 12 and saying that expansion is – not just a possibility, it's an inevitability. Why do you feel that way?
2: Well, a couple of reasons. One, one of the most powerful figures in the league, David Boren, the president at Oklahoma, the school that probably has the most leverage in the Big 12 in terms of pushing expansion, he wants to expand. He came out and said that last week after the Regents meeting. Now, maybe it doesn't happen today or even a year from now, but I think Boren has it in his mind that, that the Big 12 has got to get – back to 12 teams to stay uh, viable uh, before these granny of right contracts come up in 2025, in which case you're going to see the Big Ten and SEC, uh, maybe even the PAC12 get aggressive about uh, expanding once again. The big 12 has got to position itself uh, to be stronger and less vulnerable than it is right now. And that kind of gets into my second point is you know as soon as somebody else gets picked off or an Oklahoma or Texas, that's it for the big 12. So uh, it's, it's in the collective interest of everybody in the league to solidify this conference so that that doesn't happen and because it's happened a couple of times before and it's put the Big 12 on live support. I don't think the league could suffer another one of its members going to a, another league.
0: Now, if the Big 12 does decide to expand, Jake, when do you realistically see that happening?
2: You know, I'd just be speculating if I gave you, you know, a specific year. I don't think it's happening soon. I don't think this is something we're looking at as imminent in the next couple of years. Uh, I do think that the Big 12 wants to give this 10-team format a a little bit more of a sample size to review. But I think that three, four, five years from now, I think that's when you could really see uh, the momentum for expansion uh, begin to – Get to a point where the, the league takes action. I think that you know the, they're going to start to discuss it. Warren is going to force that issue, but in terms of action, I, I still think we're a couple of years away from the Big Twelve really getting serious about bringing in a couple of other schools.
1: How much time do you think the Big Twelve has before they really start, you know, worrying about teams getting picked off by the uh, off-projected super conferences? Well,
2: twenty twenty-five is is the red line day, uh, red line year, because that that's when these. You know the Big Twelve schools have signed over their TV rights to the conference, and those contracts come up in 2025. So, uh, if you assume they're as ironclad as, as they say, which I really don't—I don't think most people who have watched college sports really believe in contracts all that much anymore. But even if even if they're as ironclad as a lot of people have suggested, you can once you get closer to that mark, you can begin to negotiate your way out of it. So, like 2022, of Oklahoma says. Uh, we're going to the Big Ten, then they can negotiate their way out of those, those uh, granting of right contracts, and I think that's when you could see the Big 12 begin to dissemble. But uh, right now, I think the Big 12 is safe. This is not something that uh, the Big 12 has to worry about today, but they have to take preemptive action before you know they get in a situation where uh, they're vulnerable, and the Big 12 traditionally has not been the most uh, proactive conference uh, in college football.
0: Jake Trotter with us, ESPN staff writer, writes for the Big 12 blog on ESPN.com. We're discussing the inevitability of Big 12 expansion, not just a possibility right now. It's clear that Oklahoma, as you have stated, is uh, the big pusher in all of this with David Boren and him coming out with his comments. One of your ESPN colleagues, Colin Coward, said yesterday that Oklahoma and the SEC are mutually interested in each other. So while David Boren is clearly pushing for expansion, is he hedging his bets, talking to other conferences?
2: No, I don't think that's going on right now. Uh, Collins, right. I mean, the SEC has offered Oklahoma twice. Right. And Oklahoma turned them down both times. Because, you know, I think Oklahoma understands that, you know, they, they're not ready to, to part with Oklahoma State. You know, that would be a political nightmare trying to separate those two schools through the, the State House. And then, you know, Oklahoma is so tied. to to the University of Texas and their rivalry. And, and you know, that weekend is not just a football weekend. I mean, there's so much academic – that's a big academic uh, weekend. It's a big development weekend in terms of fundraising. So I think for Oklahoma to to leave Texas and Oklahoma State, which they probably would have to do, I I, I think that that would be a big decision for them to make and they're not ready uh, to do it yet. But Oklahoma has the leverage because – if the, if the Big 12 disbands, you know, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, those schools are going to be in some trouble. They may not have a landing spot. Oklahoma's going to have a place to go. So they're going to be fine regardless. And to me, that gives them the, the leverage to, you know, push whatever agenda they, they feel like the Big 12 needs to look at.
1: Who does David Boren have to sway in order to get in his way and bring about some Big 12 expansion?
2: Well, I mean, he's got to he's got to sway some of the presidents and athletic directors in the league, uh, Bob Bowlesby, you know, the commissioner. Uh, the, but I think the first thing that he needs to do is just get it on the table. It's not they have, it's it's honestly not something they've discussed here in a couple of years. I mean, it's really uh, been off the radar uh, of these board meetings and these uh, you know athletic director meetings. They haven't discussed expansion. They've had other things they've had to discuss, you know, like the the co-championship rule. Uh, having a conference championship in 10 teams. That's been at the uh, at, at these schools have discussed so far. But uh, if Boren wants to put expansion on the table, his first step is to, you know, force a discussion at some of these official meetings.
0: Everybody talks about the trigger moment that will launch uh, expansion or, you know, put things into a shift again. What, what would qualify as a trigger moment to really put uh, the pressure on the Big 12 to, to make this thing happen and go to 12, if not maybe 14 teams?
2: I think the thing, if you're a BYU fan, the thing you need to root for is the Big 12 to, to continually get left out of the playoff. That, that's a huge concern for the league now, is whether their model is the best fit for the playoff era. And if the playoff stays at four, four teams, which, I mean, there's been talk about going to six and going to eight, but you guys know college football takes forever for anything to change. I mean, we were talking about a playoff in, like, 1987, and it only finally <laughs> happened, you know, last year. Assuming that it stays at four and the Big 12 continually gets left out, it, like it did last year, where, you know, it had two very deserving teams, then I think that's going to really force the issue. It's going to force the Big 12 to take a serious look at changing its model, and that, of course, includes expansion.
0: You've got a great idea of what the Big 12 wants in terms of a team in potential expansion categories. You you mentioned in your article uh, the likes of Colorado State and Memphis and Houston. While they might not look appealing right now, who knows what happens in five years with them pumping some money into facilities and their programs. But let's talk about BYU. Where does BYU fit into this expansion discussion within the Big 12, if at all, in your perspective?
2: Well, there are a couple of things that, that are working for BYU. One, one, you know, they have a great football tradition, as you guys know, uh, won the national championship in 1984, have kind of taken it to the Big 12 in recent years on the field. And number two, they have, you know, a, a huge fan base, that, you know, that's, that, that's international. Uh, they would bring a lot of uh, TV eyeballs to the table. Uh, number three, they would expand the Big 12 footprint. You know, if you add Houston, you're not really expanding the footprint. But if you bring Utah into the conference, that's another state, that's another city, another market in Salt Lake City. So all of that would would work in BYU's favor, I would think. What works against BYU is the Big 12 expanded east last time. They added West Virginia, and I think it would be tricky to come back and then go west I mean it's 2,000 miles I map quested it from Morgantown to Provo that that just doesn't seem like a a, a tenable situation in terms of travel so I I think that that would be one of the one of the big uh, be one of the big factors working against BYU and you know the, the other thing it's sort of kind of it's whispered about not really talked about and I don't really have any specific examples I've just been told that when When the big twelve flirted with b y u last time around it, there were some people in the conference that that came away uh with kind of a negative attitude toward b y u whether b y u they thought was being high maintenance or whether they felt like it just wasn't going to work out because of the cultural differences i'm not sure what exactly went wrong during those first round of negotiations, but I know that you know there there are some people in the big twelve that that came with a bad came away with a bad taste in their mouth after uh, 2011, when when the Big 12 seriously considered adding BYU at the time,
0: was it ever even close in those initial discussions about BYU uh, joining the Big 12?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word close. I mean, BYU was a serious contender. You know, they're, they're, they had a, you know they were talking. So yeah, I would say they were close. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know they were a day away from adding them and then decided not to. But yeah, I mean there were there were discussions and. Uh, you know, from leaders in the Big 12 and, and BYU about how to create a framework that would include BYU in the Big 12.
0: Jake Trotter with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on the Twitter machine at Jake underscore Trotter. He writes for the Big 12 blog on ESPN.com. Uh, when you talk about the geographic difficulties that may be involved here with BYU joining the Big 12, um, because uh, others have said that's that is the number one reason that BYU is not being discussed, like Sunday play, and you guys having your own network, like those are concerns. But but the geographic problem there uh, is, is what's holding it up. And we live in a day and age of of airplanes, and you know I, you've talked about Morgantown to Provo. I don't know if how often BYU would play them if it would split into two different divisions if they went to twelve or not. But you know the Texas, it's only a two and a half hour flight. So is it really that much of a concern?
2: I think it's a little bit of a concern because it 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 wouldn't just be BYU if you went if you expanded west you'd be adding BYU in say Boise state or Colorado state and I I think that you know the people at West Virginia would certainly be against that and you know there's a there's a, there's it's not just a, a pro BYU or anti BYU argument you know there's a pro argument for for expanding east you know the, the Big 12 has had some issues, you know, in recruiting in Texas because the SEC's is, presence is, is so much more there now with Texas A&M being in the league. You know, the Big 12 would be wise to open up, you know, recruiting pipeline elsewhere. And if you add somebody like, say, Central Florida, which has a huge uh, student body, uh, is kind of an up-and-coming type program. They were in the Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago. Central Florida would all of a sudden open up Florida as. You know, more uh, of a recruiting possibility for the Oklahomas and Texases of the world, and that's that's a very attractive thing because Texas and recruiting uh, recruiting in Texas anymore has just become uh, so competitive that you know, it's hard to, to get in on you know some of the, the, the blue chip guys, and, and really that's where everybody in the Big Twelve, that's where they get their their depth, that's where they fill their rosters is with Texas high school talent.
1: Jake, other than hoping that the Big Twelve gets left out of the playoffs again. What do you think? I mean, BYU wants to get in there more than anything. What do you think they need to do to increase their chances?
2: Yeah, I think I think uh, you know facility upgrades. Obviously, BRU is good facilities, but facility upgrades is something that the Big 12 is going to be paying attention to. That's why Colorado State is building a 200 million dollar stadium. That's why Houston's building a new stadium. Memphis is building new facilities. Cincinnati's building a new stadium. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's created somewhat of a small arms race you know between these group of five teams to try to you know uh, try to uh sell themselves uh, on the Big 12 winning doesn't hurt you know BYU beating Texas beating Oklahoma uh that's not a bad thing as well but i mean really that you can't <clears throat> you can't change where your loca- location is um you know that's 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 not something that's going to change and i think whatever they can do to forge alliances in the Big 12 however you do that you know uh, you uh, over phone calls um uh, meeting people, I think the more allies that they can get in the Big 12, uh, the better. You know, because th- this is this is going to be a very competitive situation at some point when the Big 12 decides to expand. You know, there's going to be eight or nine schools that are going to that, that they desperately want to get into. It's not just BYU. So, uh, anything that the BYU can do to to generate allies that wouldn't hurt their cause.
0: Are they creating allies by destroying Texas?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Wow, well, you know we don't play these guys. Uh, but yeah, I think I think ultimately that that kind of thing is good for BYU because you know the Big Twelve wants to improve its strength of schedule. You know they're not going to add Tulane, even though okay Tulane's in New Orleans. You know academically it's strong, but I mean Tulane football wise is not going to bring anything to the table. Your strength of schedule is going to be hurt by adding Tulane, but adding BYU you know, a program that, you know, historically wins seven, eight, nine games every year, you know, that that's going to raise your strength of schedule profile, which in turn helps you get into the playoffs.
0: We'll end with this, Jake, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. You're on the panel, and the Big 12 is expanding, and they want two teams. You have to make your decision today. Who are you voting for? What are the two teams you are putting in the Big 12?
2: I, I, I think there are two different options here. You, you, if you went west, I'd go with some combination of BYU and in either Boise State or Colorado State. If I went east, I would go with Central Florida and Cincinnati. I haven't given, an, I haven't made a, a determination on which two sides I would go, but I think those are your two options, uh, and I could make you know, arguments and cases for both sides. So I think that's kind of the scenario we're looking at: does the Big Twelve go west uh, with a, with a Colorado State BYU combination or? Does it try to help West Virginia's cause and open up a new recruiting pipeline by partnering West Virginia and Cincinnati and then bringing Central Florida into the fold? I think those are going to be discussions that the Big 12 will begin to have here in the next year or so.
0: Fantastic stuff with ESPN staff writer Jake Trotter. Jake, thanks for the time. Thanks for answering the hard questions. and uh, I'm sure we will be discussing this again and again and again over the coming weeks.
2: Okay, thanks, guys. Anytime.
0: Learned some interesting things in that interview, starting with this. Oklahoma, not Texas, has the most leverage in terms of expansion within the Big 12. I I would have given that to Texas just because they're Texas. Right.
1: You don't mess with Texas. For him to tell us that David
0: Boren is kind of the the leader out front, and Oklahoma is the one that's really pushing all this. That's something that's brand new to me.
1: i only one that got a little surge of excitement when he said, I'd pick BYU or Colorado. You know, just, just the fact that we're that he's thinking about us. Come on. I would love that. So
0: Absolutely. Much. Lots of good stuff from Jake Trotter. We'll discuss more of that. The biggest pieces of news that came out of that conversation next on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, my friends, Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes, stream it on BYUsportsNation.com.
1: If you miss any of today's show or any BYU Sports Nation, for that matter, you can catch up on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or by visiting BYUtv.org and watching episodes there. All right, this
0: tweet came in after yesterday's show from uh, a loyal member of BYU Sports Nation. At Toshalin19 says this, I hereby challenge BYU Sports Nation to do an entire show without using the words expansion or elite. Well, Oop. I think we've failed on about 17 accounts thus far. Maybe tomorrow.
1: <laughs> uh, better luck tomorrow. That's just. Yeah,
0: that's that's an interesting challenge, and one, quite (laughs) frankly, that I don't think we can accept, nor will succeed at. So with that said, thank you, Tasha. Here are today's (laughs) BYU Sports Nation headlines. Refreshed at midnight Eastern, early this morning, technically, July 1st, marked the beginning of NBA free agency. Jimmer Fredette is an unrestricted free agent coming out of New Orleans. He confirmed to BYU Sports Nation a couple of weeks ago that his agent is busy talking to multiple
1: NBA teams. What do you got from volleyball, Michael? BYU Volleyball Ben Patch. I like this guy, man. He's been named to the USA Volleyball Pan Am Games roster. Pool play begins July 17th against Puerto Rico. The
0: WCCSports.com reporting the BYU Women's Volleyball will have two games broadcast on the ESPN Networks, both on ESPNU, LMU, a home match in the Smithfield House on September 29th and at Pacific on October 8th. We just talked to Jake Trotter of ESPN.com. He is the Big 12 blogger. He's right in the heart of all of this expansion talk. In fact, he released an article yesterday saying that it's not a matter of if the Big 12 will expand, but when. And we asked him, well, when can we expect this? He talked about TV contract rights coming up in 2025, but then he alluded that as we get closer to that, things get a little bit hairy. So he said maybe 2021, 2022. That's still seven years away, personally, with how much is going on in the media right now, and the fact that Bob Bowlesby is already addressing the fact that some of his presidents want to expand, it's going to happen sooner than that. I think if it doesn't, honestly, if it doesn't happen in two to three years, Texas and Oklahoma are going somewhere.
1: I, I absolutely They're going agree. somewhere. Something's going, something big is going to happen It's going to happen soon. There's just been too much going on for, for it not to happen.
0: He just said that Oklahoma has been invited by the SEC twice.
1: Wow. How
0: do you say no to the
1: SEC now? And they would they would love that. Oklahoma would fit in very nicely in the SEC and they'd be very happy there.
0: Texas has expressed sincere interest in going to the Pac-12. In fact, they were the linchpin in almost starting all of this shift four years ago when the when the major shift did happen. Like they were they were like two days away from going to the Pac-12. So it's it's there. The conferences are interested. And David Boren apparently is the ringleader of all this. He has the most push in the Big 12 as the president of Oklahoma to try and make this happen. So uh, when I'm hearing all of this, I don't know if BYU is going to get an invite. Of course I want that for BYU and for Tom Holmo and Bronco Mendenhall and all of the athletics department. Yeah, I want that. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I am feeling like in the next two to three years, if they don't expand, something crazy is going to happen and that conference
1: is going to go away. Can you imagine? Just losing the Big 12? Just gone. That's I'll, the thing. That's that. the thing.
0: I can imagine it, and it would create just absolute chaos. Well, I,
1: I can't imagine it, but the scary thing is it's a definite possibility. They need to expand, and they need to take some more teams in there. I, my, I love that conversation, though, that we had. I mean, it just got me juiced.
0: Okay, and, well, and the part that got you juiced and your references right before the break was he put if, if the Big 12 decides to expand west – and he brought up Colorado State along with BYU. Now, Colorado State is a team that's kind of an outlier in this discussion, but they are building a brand-new stadium. They're $200 million. Which going he also in-
1: said is a big factor in getting into the Big 12. You need to talk the talk. It's you the need- small you- arms race, what he called yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. you got, you got to look the part if you want to fit in with the Big 12.
0: Okay, they bring the Denver Market, which is market eight, the 18th biggest market in America which is why the Pac-12 wanted Colorado. That's the same market, Denver. Okay, so if they expand west, they get Salt Lake City and Denver, and they have a footprint out west. But he says, well, if they decide to go east, they open up recruiting in Florida with UCF and then try and pull Cincinnati down. So, yeah, like it's – and the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, has said our intention is to move east. But who knows? I mean, that's, he could change his mind one day or another. If David Boren, the president of Oklahoma, says, no, I want BYU. Like, guess what? That's probably going to happen. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if people are going to get the invite, but they are being discussed. He mentioned a number of things working in BYU's favor. And this is something that has been overlooked, including uh, by the guy that we talked to yesterday uh, from Fox Sports. Not Stuart Mandel. I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Anyway... Um, Bruce Feldman, thank you. Bruce Feldman joined the show yesterday, and he and Stuart Mandel recently talked about BYU as a fit for the Big 12, and they pushed hard on the geography, saying that the geography just doesn't work. Nothing you can do about that. But Jake Trotter just said, they've got an, BYU has an international fan base, tons of eyeballs, ESPN contract, huge football tradition. So when you look at all of those things, does that outweigh geography? Does that outweigh geography? Because everybody including Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel, are putting their their arrow points on, well, BYU is way too far west, and it's 2,000 miles from Provo to Morgantown, West Virginia. Look,
1: look this isn't high school anywhere. We're not bussing out to games. We're just jump on a plane and fly over. It's not that far. Well, and how often? I mean, if
0: the Big 12 is 12 teams, you're not going to have to play every team. They might go to two divisions. Who knows? I don't know how that how that would work. But really, the one flight – to Morgantown, guess what? From Lubbock, Texas, where Texas Tech is, to Morgantown, that's like two thousand miles. Yeah. They're already doing it. <laughs> so, is it really a concern? But here are the things you can root for: BYU to keep winning. One, mm-hmm. two, facility upgrades. Which there's a huge one happening next door. Right to next us. door,
1: we can hear it sometimes.
0: Basketball <laughs> practice facility, and for the Big Twelve to continue to get left out of the college football playoff. So there you go. There are three things to root for. Winning, no Big 12 in the playoff, and facility upgrades.
1: That's all we got to do. We got this.
0: We continue next. Is the Big 12 an elite conference or not? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Michael Alisa, live in Studio B. Get your BYUSN swag. From the BYU store, t-shirts, blue goggle t-shirts, blue goggles, wristbands, it's all there for your purchase opportunity. Join the club, man. Michael's rocking these earlier in the show. How do they look with my new Hawaiian shirt, by the way?
1: Ooh, you're ready for the islands. (laughs) Am I? We just need to get you a puka shell necklace. Mahalo, Alisa Ohana. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't
0: don't make fun of my (laughs) trying to be Hawaiian, Okay.
1: It was a noble effort.
0: That, yeah, it was. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> we just got this tweet in uh, from uh, at Mike Littlewood, who is the baseball coach for BYU. He's going to pitch to Colton Shaver in the Home Run Derby in Omaha, Nebraska on Thursday. He asks this question of all of you. Just wondering if we should get a vote from your viewers whether or not I should dot Colton Shaver with the first pitch, essentially asking, should I hit him with the first pitch? <laughs> Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN to Bean Colton Shaver in the Home Run Derby as his pitcher or not to Bean Colton Shaver. I don't know if I want to answer that because he is a home run batter. He has a bat and he knows how to use it. It's not going to happen, although it would yeah. be kind of hilarious if he like gave him some chin music the first pitch. Be like, hey, just remember, I'm your coach, Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy in charge. It's a little flyby. Our real Twitter question today is, what is the biggest win for BYU football in the Independence era at the young 1993 Says this, 2013 Texas. Everybody was talking about the 550 rushing yards.
1: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Here's what the thing, say? though. At
0: what angle, though? Were they talking about BYU ran for 550 yards or Texas gave up 550 yards? I think it was more about Texas giving up the fight. Any
1: publicity is good publicity. It put BYU on the map again. Everyone in the nation was talking about us. It was a big deal.
0: I know many of you are getting a little bit worn out about this Big 12 expansion talk, but here's the thing. It is reality, and it's being discussed a lot. And whether you like it or not, BYU will constantly be in the mix just because of what's happened in the past. Now, our question today brings on one of my favorite segments, Elite. Or not?
1: (laughs) Is it
2: elite or not on BYU Sports Nation?
0: Ah, thank you. (laughs) Would you like one scoop of sugar or two? (laughs) (laughs) Here's the question today as we look into elite or not the Big 12 Conference in its current status. Is it, Michael Elisa, elite? Or not?
1: Elite. Listen, after the SEC, the best P- P5 t- conference in the nation is the Big 12. Stop it. What about the look, Pac-12? Look, it's not the Pac-12. Wait, it is the Big 12. Pac-12 is probably third in my mind. Big 12 because they have so much money. Look, we look at the last playoffs. There should have been two teams going into the playoffs last year. Baylor and TCU. But they weren't. But, but they weren't. So is it Elite? Listen, they're they're good enough. So the we know the quality of play is there. The money is there. Tradition is there. They are elite. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. These traditionally great teams. I, I think uh you know, there's it, it, no question about it. Definitely give,
0: elite. I'll give you the tradition and the money. You're right. The Big 12 has a good chunk of money right now. More than the Pac-12 per team, okay? So I will mm-hmm. give you that mm-hmm. much. But the Big 12 is one, not better than the Pac-12 in terms of Football and basketball. Look at what the Pac-12 did last year in in football, specifically. Okay, the Oregon Ducks, the Arizona Wildcats. Okay, where what was going on in the Big 12? What was Texas doing? Okay, okay. (laughs) But what were the Ducks doing? The Ducks lost. But still, they got they got back to the national championship. Big 12 didn't even have a team in the college football playoff. Which they should have. Okay, whether they should have or not. And
1: although the technicalities of them not getting in there help BYU, I think that they should have been in there anyway.
0: I agree with you. I think Florida State didn't deserve to be there. But, fact of the matter is, Big 12 didn't have a championship game. They got left out. Which makes it, in my mind, not elite. They're not in a position where they are looked upon favorably by the playoff committee. You know, they, they right now they have ten teams. They could disappear.
1: This conference could disappear. But at the same time, everybody wants to get into the Big Twelve. Well, BYU wants to get into the Big Twelve. I mean, why, we, BYU, not arguing are you that either. BYU would want to get into a non-elite conference.
0: I'm just saying, right now, <laughs> as a ten-team conference, not elite. Yeah, BYU's in it, elite, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, another Cougar is rep Team USA. Did you hear about it? If not, we'll tell you next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. I feel some whippage
1: coming on. It's time for the Cougar Around. Cougars, Cougars in the
2: association.
1: Midnight Eastern marked the beginning of NBA free agency. Cougar legend Jimmer Fredette is an unrestricted free agent. Fredette told BYU Sports Nation two weeks ago that his agent has talked to multiple teams. Men's Volleyball. BYU Volleyball's Ben Patch
0: has been named to the USA Volleyball Pan Am Games roster. Play begins
1: July 17th against Puerto Rico. Good luck, Ben. Women's Volleyball. West Coast Conference Sports.com reports that BYU will have two women's volleyball games televised on ESPNU this season. The LMU match on September 29th and at Pacific on October 8th.
0: Always good to be on the ESPN. Brian Kiel coming up on Friday, another Fast Friday with Big B. Thursday, rather. Oh, he's on Thursday? What are we going to do now if we can't call it Fast Friday?
1: Oh, no. Like like Throwdown Thursday? Throwdown Thursday Thursday with b Not throwback.
0: Because already exists. How about Throwdown Thursday with dude, when Brian When I came Hill?
1: in as a freshman, Brian Keel was a, a god, like a Greek god. No one could touch him. <laughs> he's a legend. He still, and he still is. He still, I mean, he's, uh, he still looks like he'd walk on the field and dominate.
0: Yeah, he's a big dude. Big dude. Today's Rising Shot brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health <laughs> and Union at Dexterlaw.com. I'm going to give it to Jimmer Fredette as he begins free agency once again. He's already been with three teams. Kings, Bulls, Pelicans. Can he get himself into a spot where he can play 10 minutes a game and shoot some threes and make a contribution?
1: That's all we ask. Just Let him him shoot the rock, man. Just let him shoot the rock.
0: 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Let him fire up some threes, man. Jimmer Fredette, hoping to get on another NBA roster in free agency. Our Twitter question today, going back to four years of independence in football, what is the biggest win for BYU football as an independent? Let's go to the Twitter machine.
1: It's Twitter time.
0: N underscore Crowley 19, BYU Texas 2014. So the road game, this game was the game that we showed, hey, we're a threat. I agree. BYU became, became, the question became, like they were discussing on college game day. No kidding. What if BYU goes undefeated? Would it be enough to get into the college football playoff? They had that discussion, which I was like, okay, stop it. We've got so much football to play. But because of what they did against Texas, they were discussing that on college
1: game day. But let's go back to the fact that it had to do it first. At Laser Sheep, at BYU Sports Nation, Hurricane Provo and 550 rushing yards was amazing. But last year at Texas, when at Taysom Hill 4, went all Q-Bert on the DB. Yeah,
0: well, the, the Taysom leap. Again, <laughs> I, I know you, the 20, if 2013 doesn't happen, 2014 is not what it is. It, at least in terms of like the, the greatness of that win. But for me, I mean, it's you're splitting hairs when you look at the twenty third, twenty fourteen. Here's uh, again, we go back to uh, at at tofb underscore uh, one for our elite tweet of the day. He says this way off the radar. Having ESPN as a TV partner, we don't get the hardest September schedule in all of FBS. FBS sorry, without them. Whoa. Nothing to do with it. Okay, so he's he, looking
1: at. He, he, he took the question we had and just just like mixed it up and then gave it back to us. That was, that was amazing.
0: That's why it's elite. <laughs> Great answer from at TFB underscore one. ESPN BYU's in the ESPN conference right now, and that's why they have these schedules. Thanks to our guest, Jake Trotter. Everyone on our crew follows on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN for Michael Elisa. I am Spencer. Shout out to the Elisa family, wherever and however.